Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 167 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Cathexis. The song was called Mortuous and Perpetuum. It's from Untethered Abyss, which is coming out June 25th on Willow Tip Records. They're out of Austin, Texas. They're a rising death metal force, some might say. Um, I'm not sure if they use actual English words because I don't know if I said anything that's English yet on this podcast. But um, as you heard, that was four minutes of solid crushing what what other what other verbs not verbs adjectives can we use to describe death metal um pulverizing death metal from texas uh but yeah check that out cathexis out on willow tip records the album's called untethered abyss june 25th so you got some time speaking of adjectives like pulverizing and scathing and um i don't know demoralizing This episode features Tennessee grind newcomers Knoll. They just released their debut full-length Intercist by themselves, and we're going to talk all about that. Jamie Eubanks, their vocalist, noise guy, and even drummer on the record, uh, talked to me for a while about the band, that record, and a whole bunch of other things. So stick around. Let's do that quick uh, Hot Zone intro and then get right into it. Check it! Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out Hey, what's up ladies and gentlemen I want to tell you first before we get into this episode about a little fundraiser trying to do here to help out a guy who helps out getting it out on the regular. Um, he's uh, His name's Carl Jean. I want to I help him through something. So we're going to do a bit of a raffle. Uh, got some stuff here in my giveaway box that I've been slowly chipping away at, uh, doing, doing giveaways, and uh, I've set them out. Hopefully people have gotten uh, a decent amount of things so far. But I wanted to pick some of the prime stuff and do a bit of a raffle and see if I can raise some money for this guy because uh, he needs it. So that's cool with me. And uh, hopefully that's cool with you too. I want to tell you before we get started, it's a real simple way to enter this. All you need to do is go to PayPal and send $2 to dan at gettingitout.net. You just need to put that address in your PayPal, dan at gettingitout.net. And, uh, and $2 will enter. You can enter as many times as you want. So if you want to enter five times, send $10. It's that simple. Okay. So I want to tell you, of course, what you can win here. And uh, there's some things that I think are going to be more exciting than others, so I'm going to save those to the end. The first thing I want to tell you about is just a handful of stickers that mostly are actually ex-Getting It Out podcast guests. Uh, we got City of Industry, End It, Spirit World, In the Company of Serpents, um, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of random stickers that I've collected over the years. Sometimes I don't feel like there's a, there's a good place to put them, so I hold on to them, and uh, now I'm going to just forward them on to you if you win this. Um, also included are a couple of Getting It Out pins, one-inch pins, use them for, every you, for whatever you want. Um, along in this little stack that I'm holding here, there are three download codes. There's uh, going to be one for Mind Erasers, The Prodigal, Prodigal Son Brings Death. That's from Youngblood Records. Another one from Youngblood, Iron Age's Constant Struggle. It's one of my favorite hardcore records ever. Um, and then I got this split from Forge Again Records. It's between Stunning and Childbite. Childbite, now you might know from Housecore Records. Okay, so that's that's the little things. Little, a little handful of stuff there that i got to put to the side. If you hear that moving around. All right. What's next? Okay. Anytime you're getting uh, a get out, getting it out, a giveaway package or raffle or whatever, you're going to get 
a pleasant living seven inch. Why? Because this is my old band and I have too many of them and they're left over and there's no other way to get rid of them. So you automatically will get <laughs> a pleasant living seven inch uh, self-titled, which is the only record we had that was actually pressed. It was released on A389 records uh, back in, I want to say 2012. So, okay. So relatively early A389 records, uh, pleasant living black seven inch for you there. Going also along with the A389 theme, we got A389 recordings. Uh, this is an early one too. This one is from Taken by Force. It's a seven inch, and it's uh, what's what's the what's the wax look like here? It is half black, half gray. But um, but it's but it might be hard to find. I don't know. Maybe you can find it for a dollar on Discogs. I don't know. But here it's here. A lot of these guys uh, currently play in or have played in some pretty cool hardcore bands, and this one's not bad itself. So uh, check that out. Um, try to win it or whatever. Okay. What else we got here? We got uh, let's do let's do one of these CDs. We got a CD from Inconsolable Wretch. If you haven't heard them, they're a hardcore slash metal band out of Pittsburgh. Uh, a couple guys from Steel Nation playing it. This is their self-titled EP. It's on Preserving Silence uh, Records, and it was uh, it's let's see number thirty-one out of one hundred. Brand new, never used, uh, never played in a what they, what would you call this? A blood red jewel case. So we have that available. Um, okay, the what's the let's get into some LPs here. All right, this one's a weird one, but this one is a cool one. I just listened to it today to make sure I was up on it. I have two of these, and I never listened to this one, so I thought, you know what, I'll throw this in too. This is a, a full-length record called Cage with Mirrored Bars from Prison Religion. This is on Black House Records. It's it's weird. It's hip hop. It's noise. It's uh, I don't know punk rock. You can call it a lot of things, but it's definitely cool. And uh, this this thing is on uh, some cool looking vinyl. It's clear with red splatter. Yes, that's a full length LP for you in this batch of stuff. Okay, we got Terrors Always the Hard Way sealed LP. So I can't tell you the cover or the color, but I can tell you. It's the reissue that was a joint release between Reaper Records and Defiant Music. Um, this is the one that has uh, has that song with Eddie Sutton from Leeway on, who, by the way, was an ex-podcast guest. You know what? Scott Vogel was too. So this all sorts of ex-podcast guests on this one. Um, yeah, th- this is a cool one. I have the, the original pressing, so I don't need this one. So it's never been opened, and it's going to be uh, available to you in this package. What else do we got here? We got a cat meow, and you can't have that. That cat stays here. Okay, this one is really cool. You might have heard the band Frail before. They're a doom band from Cleveland, a witchy doom band from Cleveland. I had them on the podcast around this time last year, and we were talking about their record, 1692, and that's the record I'm going to include here. It's an out-of-press copy. It's the first, or out-of-print copy. It's the first press. It includes a Frail patch. It includes a perfect bound Frail book. How many pages is this thing? A hundred pages. All right, I don't know if it's exactly 100, but it looks like 96 or something. So, so you got this this awesome looking record. It's like this smoky black thing, and it comes with a patch, a couple stickers, and a perfect bound book. Very cool, highly detailed, uh, intricate release, and a very cool band from Cleveland. All right, last thing, the most sought after thing I think is going to be this, and I think it's uh, somehow become rare, which is interesting. This is a um, full of hell. Roots of Earth are consuming my home CD. It's from A389 Records. It's still sealed. 
Uh, I'm not sure what year it was that this came out. I'm not sure how I have an extra one, but I do. And that's going to be it. That's going to be everything that's available in this package. Um, as I said, you can enter by going to PayPal and sending $2 to Dan at gettingitout.net. We'll put your name in it. Send more than that if you want. Um, all the money, all winnings will go to Carl to help him out in his tough spot. And that's it. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, I can do these giveaways every week where I give away stuff for nothing and uh, nobody gets any good out of it. But I think this time around, it's cool to try to kind of help someone out in need. So we're doing that. So again, Dan at gettingitout.net, $2 to enter. And that's it. It's as simple as that. A couple CDs, two CDs, two seven inches, three LPs, handful of stickers, pins, uh, download codes, stuff like that. If you're interested, please go do that at your leisure. Okay, moving on. As I had mentioned, this episode features an interview with Jamie Eubanks of Knoll. And rather than me talk on and on and on for too long at this point, let's just play a song. Let's do Earth's Iron Lung from Interstice, their debut full length, and then listen to my conversation with Jamie Eubanks. Glad you were able to do this. As I Dude, think, yeah. As I think you you saw, um, you guys were suggested to me to look into you guys to uh, to have. You I on did for... see that, and I showed it to the band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they thought that was 
hilarious. <laughs> that somebody said we should get Dylan on at the same time or something. Uh, oh no! Yeah, see, awesome. I was I, I was giving Dylan that. shit because he. Uh, I used to know Dylan. I used to. Uh, I say I used to because I haven't taught me and Dylan haven't spoken for years. Not for any bad reasons. Just haven't come across each other. Yeah. But I haven't. I haven't seen him or heard from him in years. And full of hell went from demos that I was writing reviews for him, and you know, and he eagerly sent me like their new stuff to review. And and like since then they've you know ascended to where they're at now, but uh, but uh, I'm glad to see it because especially especially that band was I've, I've used them for years as the example of like the the hardest working band that I know of. Oh, know? dude, they, yeah, they're 100 percent a role model. I mean, like we get shit like for people said Interstice sounds like a lot like Full of Hell, which is it might be something that we get into because I think it's kind of hilarious because I actually sent the record to Dylan like I I mailed him an LP. Because I've, I've known him for, like, three years now. Like, he gave me a bunch of guidance on, like, noise shit when I was in high school. Yeah. And he just, like, wanted to see what I was doing. And uh, I sent it to him, and he's just, like, he was, like, the nicest dude about it. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah if, if we were both on here at the same time, that'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We, I just I wanted to keep this all null. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so stoked, dude. Thank you so much for asking us to be on. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, dude, I've I've only ever done like one video interview, and it was like locked behind a paywall. Um, oh yeah. So I yeah, I'm really fucking excited to do a do a podcast with you know somebody who has that to ask questions. And, and, and you can yeah. uh, and other people can actually hear it, uh, which might be a bad thing. Who knows? You never know which way we're gonna go. But yeah, <laughs> I try to stay pretty predictable, but every now and then I, I go off the beaten path. Um, but I like I've had these questions. I've had these questions that I like to ask people. Uh, for years, for literally for years, I think you know I I brought it up actually in the last interview I just did where I asked uh, Matt from Purgatory how often he washes his legs, and that that came from uh, maybe relevant for a Noel episode. It came from uh, just by comparison. It came from the like the third interview I did, which was with Jr. from Pig Destroyer, and that so so you know these questions have history, so I like to get them in and. Uh, which makes me think that I should probably ask you one of them. Uh, it doesn't you know, go that. If, it, if, if you ask me the legs question, I have so much to say. Like, <laughs> well, I, I have a very dense opinion on this. <laughs> well, then, then please, how often do you wash your legs? All right. Well, <laughs> all right. So I, I wash my legs like every day. I'm a habitual shower. I do it like every morning. I'm a pretty clean guy. Yeah, I got but, two. I got two in today. I mean, just not to brag, but I've got two. two <laughs> I mean, I actually just came back from a workout, so I probably should shower. I will, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a morning shower guy. And then if I get stinky in a workout, you know, I'll hit it again. But yeah. I, I, like something that a lot of people don't know about me at all is um, I used to do like um, I used to teach swim lessons. Or actually, I still do, but not because of COVID, because no pools were open. I taught a lot of swim lessons. I did competitive swimming in high school. Um, and I lifeguarded a lot, so I was in a pool a ton, and A, the chlorine fucks up your hair, which I used to have hair, like, down past my shoulder blades, and I shaved it all, like, a few months ago, because the chlorine just, like, ruined it, and I just was tired of it anyway, and also, like, it bleached my leg hair, um, (laughs) and now I just shave my fucking legs. There you go. Go for it. (laughs) Dude, I... I just can't stand body hair anymore. Like it, it, it drives me nuts. So I shave it like literally every day. Like my legs are incredibly smooth. Now, does that mean you don't have to wash your legs as much? Um, I would actually say that you have to exfoliate them. Well, I don't know. Cause maybe the, the razor like exfoliates it when you shower, but like, I feel like I'm more prone to having my skin dry out and getting ashy. So like, 
I definitely still wash them and I like I moisturize, you know, and then it's <laughs> it's just golden after that. <laughs> you got you got very good leg care. That's what, yeah. <laughs> I, I I stay on my routine. Yeah. <laughs> also, That's... wait a lot. I'm so dumb. Is the podcast going yet? Are we recording? Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, I don't. Yeah, we're going the whole time. Oh, awesome. I'm, I was so eager to just like jump right into it. So no, <laughs> good flow it. right it. off the bat. Love the enthusiasm. Well, <laughs> All right, so uh, all all that bullshit aside, let's let's make sure that we're clear about who you are and what you do and what we're talking about before we get too far into this thing. Yes, sir. You are who? I am Jamie Eubanks. Um, a lot of people call me James as well. That is my birth name. Um, I sing in Knoll, and I handle all the uh, the noise duties. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually played drums on the full length uh, interstice that we just put out. Um, we now have a new drummer. His name's Jack Anderson, but he came in after we did everything for the LP. So, so he gets no credit. No, no credit. Cause <laughs> I don't want to be vain. <laughs> no, that's good. Good. So, so, um, as we talked about, you guys were brought to my attention pretty recently and I t- checked out interstice, which I have the worst time saying, and, uh, it's, 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 it's fucking inter- <laughs> well, I, I kept, when I was writing it out earlier, I was writing out intercist, like I was a- adding an extra cis in there. Yeah. But yeah, but I got, I got it now. Interst- interstice. And, Dude, try um, and say it plural. Interstices. <laughs> you should just do that, you know, next album. Interstices. Um, but you, so anyway, I checked you guys out and uh, I, I love what you're doing. Of course, like we talked about, the comparison right away was thrown at me as like full of hell or something. And mm-hmm. uh, I hear that, but I also hear a whole, a whole bunch of other shit going on too. And um, I don't know. I thought it was very cool. Uh it's big it's a big record i've listened to it a lot now and uh i mean that in several different ways it's got a lot of different sounds it's pretty long it's pretty in depth i think um you guys cover a lot of ground uh but how many how long has what wait wait a minute before we get into Noel and specifically this record i should really backtrack and you should tell me more about how you even got interested in this type of music to begin with because this is pretty far yeah. this is pretty far off the beaten path right mm. this isn't like <laughs> yeah it's dude, not it's like you're playing road, punk yeah. rock you know this is like three steps removed in a good way like you know you know what i mean yeah it's it's definitely taken a while um i i actually in in order to properly answer that question i had to go back to when i was like 11 or 12 um i, I could go so so in depth with this but when i was in middle school um the first, like, I, I guess real metal I had ever heard was, believe it or not, was because uh, I was dating this girl, like, in, like, sixth grade. And she was, like, holy, like, emo trinity of, like, scene kids. Like, Black Veil Brides, Sleeping With Sirens, and, like, Pierce the Veil. And, like, yeah. shit like that. That was, for real, like, my first foray into, like, music with screaming in it, I guess. Um, and then I, I started listening to all that just to just to fit in and, like, and be cool and have something to talk about. And, um... But eventually I got into like – and I, I'm not a huge fan of this band now. People are going to shit on me for this. But I got into Bring Me the Horizon. And I think the unique thing about that band is just that like you know their their catalog like in recent years is super soft. But as you go back, they you know they have a deathcore record that was like their first thing. And then they put on an EP that is like almost straight up scrams. Like, yeah. So um, I, I just went deeper in their catalog and like started listening to heavier and heavier stuff. And I couldn't really explain like 
why I liked it, but I, I, I went down there and then I found all the other bands in that realm. I think it, it was just a lot of deathcore stuff. And then I started going to all the deathcore shows in Memphis, which was like, I feel like the majority of the scene at the time when I was like really growing up and, and getting into like hard metal. Um, and around that time is when um, I would go with my mother to the grocery store and I would stay in the car while she went and grocery shop and I would practice <laughs> vocals. And I thought that nobody could hear me outside the car, but they definitely <laughs> yeah, could. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I was blaring like Whitechapel or whatever. Like Phil Bozeman was like my first vocal influence um, that I was super into all the gutturals and that. And it, yeah, people can always hear it and they would like look through the windows and think I was super fucking weird, which I was. I was really fucking Why weird. Why didn't you just stay home and do that? I was nervous. I thought that the, I realized that the car was like the only place where nobody could hear me because I've, I've got a brother, you know, and he was yeah, like always yeah. at home. Yeah. Yeah. I got and you. I just, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. And then I just started going to a bunch of shows. Um, and then I joined school of rock, which like, if you don't know, it's, just, I mean, they have a movie of course, but you know, it's like a program for kids to just like go in and play music with a bunch of other people for like way too much fucking money. Yeah, um, yeah. and so I did that for like a season is what they call it. And I immediately like quit cause I thought it was bullshit. But, uh, while I was there, I met our guitarist. Actually, we were like, he was 16 and I was 14. Um, so we were really, really young. And when we did that, we, we both left the program and we were like, we should, we should just do something together. And it started off with like us doing a Spanish project for high school and like just making like a metal song in Spanish, which was really really dumb but anyway eventually we found some other people to play with us from those shows that i was going to um and that's where i met our bassist his name is lucas i actually live with him now um and he i remember the first time that i i had heard music with like blast beats in it before and like i guess like extreme music but nothing that was like as genuine um as the stuff that i listen to now and it was the first record that i really heard like that was uh, you will never be one of us by nails okay, and i yeah. like I heard it in his car and I just immediately fucking fell in love. Like I, I had heard again, music with blast beats in it before, but nothing that was like <laughs> using it that much, which like I, now I just cannot get enough of it. Um, <laughs> and I, I just fell in love with grind after that. I went from nails and then I found the full of hell and nails split, um, started delving into full of hell. And then I got into like a, a bunch of death metal after that. And then noise music, which like, the whole lineage of like, in, you know, intensive care, like can Canada bands, like I delved through that. And yeah, there was just after that, I, I fell into the whole world of what I feel like we now occupy. So definitely been a, been a long road. Yeah. And well, I, I like, I love hearing, I love hearing, well, thank you for making it brief because sometimes people make that shit way too long, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I love hearing, especially from people younger than me, how they, how they found their way into it. Cause you know, I'm 36. I know how pretty much everybody like me got into this. You know, there was either came like through, I don't know, Warp Tour, mm. punk bands, but like, you know, early Warp Tour. And then it was new metal. And then it was, you know, metalcore. And then it was hardcore. And then it was, you know, like that, that natural progression. But like, like those, those bands you mentioned for you early on, like that stuff like Black Veil Brides and, I forget what he said. Pierce the veil, like <laughs> yeah, those. Dude. No, 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 no. That, that's that's fine. But yeah. those, like those bands, I am not saying it to be cool. Or to, I just don't even know what they sound like. I don't. They were never on my radar. They never mm -hmm. had. Like you know, I'm, I'm of course aware of Bring Me the Horizon, but that's a huge band now. Um, yeah. You know, but anyway, I just like I like hearing 
the different paths that people took. Uh, recently, I was talking to uh, Brianna Bennett from this hardcore band Buggin' out of Chicago, and her her story was um, different as well. You know, and it was like uh, I came in through the internet, right? And it's just it's just cooler as an uh, you know, unfortunately, older guy to hear how younger people got into it as well because it's it's finally different, you know. But so, yeah, so, dude, I and appreciate from, that. like yeah, from the perspective of a younger dude, like I hear people ask like that exact question to like bands that I admire, you know, and they're all like, oh yeah, you know, my, my mom and dad like gave me punk CDs or like, or like I've been going to school since I was like four. Yeah. I didn't have that like kind of benefit. Like my parents were not into metal or punk at all. My mom like has always encouraged music, but, Mm -hmm. um, I definitely had to figure it out on my own. And it was, it was definitely like a, a bumpy process and I had to listen to a lot of shit (laughs) before I found stuff that I was like, you know, really in love with, like, you know, had to, had to go through Pierce the Veil to get to grindcore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Some people might, some people might call that a, uh, you know, going backwards, but you know, for people like us, it's all right. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Warp tour was also, I I forget to mention that, but Warp tour was, uh, I went to it like every year, um, since I was like 11. Well, that's, Uh, that's even a, that's even a funny one too, because, that means different bands and different things for different age groups, you know. Yeah. Like, like for me, when when you you would go to we would go to Warp Tour, it was like to see uh, Bad Religion and Pennywise and No Effects and Rise Against might be there, and it was like stuff like that, you know. And maybe there was a hardcore band or two, um, but then later it became or you know it would also be like Real Big Fish and like you know st- stuff like that, and then it just it became different over the years and. It became like a metalcore heavy and whatever, but mm, I, I remember, punk. yeah, we always had this cool hookup for free tickets every summer. So it didn't matter who was playing. We were just That's going for, yeah. for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so, so you get in, you, 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 you get into this type of music. Um, how long is it before you start? Null? Ooh, actually <laughs> that's a pretty funny question. Cause I, we started the band before I got into grind. Okay. Um, and which is why Interstice took so long to write. We formed in January uh, 2017, so that's like you know a three something year gap before we put out our first record. And like a year and a half of that was us like diddling around and figuring out what we actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we were like capable enough musicians to actually write what was in our heads at the time. Um, our guitarist Evan, he's like always been kind of a theory wizard. He's been leagues ahead of us the whole time and we've all just been playing catch up to him i think um but uh for like the first year and a half we were just like pretty much a southern metal band like i mean we were listening to like a lot of every time i die and like this band maylene and the sons of disaster um and like we were just and i was super into pantera because i you know i was like 15 um Uh, pantera still rules so don't take that back (laughs) yeah um but yeah that's that's pretty much what we were and then around the time that we got or i got into grind everybody else did too um and like we just kind of started listening to more and more extreme stuff and figuring out like oh you know why does this band sound so heavy and so dark and like um we just kind of started adopting those elements instead and then once once we finally locked down like exactly you know what to use for this kind of music and and how to make it oppressive and how to make it dark that's when we started writing and i think i think like the actual writing period for interstice was about a year and a half and even even that was longer than we would have liked because we ended up split between two cities um, and it was just hard for us to get together. So 
now like we're you know doing a bunch of other writing and it's like we'll bang out you know four songs in like a span of three weeks or something like that it's definitely a way faster process nowadays nice so i imagine like so there was like a big earthquake and like it split like the city in half and like (laughs) you know that they call those things crevasses isn't that ridiculous (laughs) <laughs> like instead of just saying crack you know i i think the uh the word interstice is like really similar to, it, to that I, I bet yeah i bet if you put it in a thesaurus you get a bunch of words like that that's ridiculous crevasse um, aperture um <laughs> anyway so so um how did you guys end up in two different cities what happened there well so um all of us right now are actually in well i say that we're not all in college because we actually have a member that's in high school which like Ooh. Yeah, I, I tell people about that, and they're always like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, it's our it's one of our guitarists, Ryan. Um, and yeah, he's he's still in Memphis. So is another guitarist. His name is Drew. They're both in Memphis. Ryan's about to move out to Knox. Um, so we're, we're always going to be a Tennessee band. And uh, about a year ago, I was still living in Memphis because I was in high school. Um, I, I'm 19, so I graduated high school pretty recently. And then uh, our bassist, who I'm living with now, he was also in Memphis, but like doing his two years of college. So, and then Evan, I know this is a lot, but he's our uh, he's another one of our guitarists, and he moved up to Nashville early to go to uh, college at MTSU, like two years before anybody else. And now I'm going there. Lucas is going there. We're all pretty much up here, and we meet in Nashville as often as we can because we've got um, a studio that's up here that I'm actually currently in. Oh, awesome. Okay, so yeah, I knew you guys were young just based on the picture. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know you guys were that young. That that, that actually makes it even cooler. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it because the, there's a because you've cut, you've you've evolved a lot already, right? And mm. so it, it it shows that like I don't think that you're naive enough, probably not, to think that this is what Noel is going to continue to sound like. Mm. From here on out, maybe I mean maybe I'll be totally wrong, and but but it just it just leaves so much room for growth that um, especially when you when you, again when you start with something this strong because I mean I don't is there other material you guys have out there or is Interstice the beginning? Um, we put out like a four track demo. I think God was it two years ago. I, I honestly can't even remember the year. I think it was 2019, but I, I get so so jumbled. And it was yeah, it was it was really early 2019. And that actually that demo had three of the songs off of uh, Callus of the Maw, Gracian Axiom, and Earth's Iron Lung were off of that um, demo. Uh, but we completely reworked them and re-recorded them um, yeah. for the album. Um, just because like since we were figuring ourselves out like while we were writing. Um, there were a lot of songs that we kind of had to go back and rehash and approach with like a new standard. Um, so the the writing process for Interstice was like, and, and I'm, I'm glad it was this way because I know that we're going to create something that's more unique going forward and it forces us into a different mindset. But the writing process for Interstice was like, write some shitty songs and then like go back and tweak with them and tweak with them until they are perfect and that took forever. Um, I don't really like writing that way, but that's just kind of what we had to do because we didn't want to throw away a bunch of material. And now, I mean, I love the songs. Um, I'm mm-hmm. super proud of the record. And I think that another thing factoring into like kind of where we go in the future is Interstice is um, pretty diverse. Like there's there's a lot of different elements off of there. I mean, it's not, I, I don't think, uh, I hope people don't think that it's just like a straight up grind record. It's definitely, no, definitely not, not meant to no. do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
we've always talked about like, you know, there's so many directions that we could go with for a follow up. Um, I, I feel like we touched on like a lot of different genres and, and combined them in a way on that record um, that if we were to do like a straight up doom project or a straight up grindcore project, like right after, you know, it wouldn't be that much of a surprise. So sure. That's what, that's what I mean by, by, by the room to grow with this and with this mm. record um, in particular um, it's, and it's, it's for this to be the, for all intents and purposes, for me, at least uh, the, the, and I think for a lot of people, the first thing um, is just a, such a strong and like you said, diverse starting point. It's like a, you know, there's so many branches that you can go off of, like you're mentioning, um, and and it's that's cool. That's it's such a good advantage, I think. And you you guys and that whole the whole process, the whole writing process of you know just write a shitty song and try to make it better, um, is so unique for a young band. And it sounds like you got you you've you guys have got a better head on your shoulders about this stuff too, because you don't hear usually with a younger band. Or with, and I don't even mean younger band; I just mean newer band. You want to. They, you know, they want to try to come out strong, fast, hard, be the be the craziest, you know, and grab people's attentions by just being as extreme as possible. Uh, where that doesn't usually work, or everybody would be as big as they want to be. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. Go ahead. I I think that like one one of the approaches that we tried taking to the record, and I really appreciate you like mentioning that you know that we're that we're trying to come out strong because that was definitely in our minds the whole time you know like as much as i love the bands in memphis like when when i was growing up in the scene i I just saw so many local bands like record and and these are like old dudes that you know i i would have thought like knew what they were doing they would you know get into the scene play some shows and then they just record like a four track ep and then that's it and they record it like you know locally or like they didn't spend a ton of money on it which you know it's not necessary but um, and it, it like wouldn't sound great. They wouldn't put a ton of time into like promoting it and it would just kind of fall off and it, and it, it made all of us kind of sad. Um, yeah. cause we love these bands and we love these, this music and, um, we love seeing them live. So I, our approach with it was just like, we have to go as big and as hard as we can. So, you know, my, my dream ever since I was 15 starting this band was like, I really want to work with Kurt Ballou. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've always looked up to that guy. I'm an audio engineer myself, and he's like a massive inspiration to me. Um, and we ended up mixing with him, which was just a dream come true. Um, he's a fantastic guy. The mix sounds incredible. Um, and we recorded with uh, Andy Nelson from Weekend Nachos, who is just like also an incredible engineer. I, I can't sure. even overstate that. And then um, doing artwork with uh, Ethan McCarthy from Primitive Man and Vermin Womb and, and, you know, all these projects that have always influenced me like – it, it was just um, having that kind of roster, you know, was just something that we always really wanted to go for. You know, just having something that even on paper is just like, oh, shit, <laughs> I should I should probably check out this record, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I noticed that for sure looking at things. Is Boatwright on here too? Does he have yes, something to do with this? Yes, he is. Yeah. He's incredible. And, and so like just, just those four names and, uh, you know, from production to artwork uh, is kind of a, a who's who of extreme uh, music. And uh you know, yeah, Andy Nelson at Bricktop, Kurt at God City. I don't know where Brad calls his thing, but uh, Audio had, Siege. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and, and Ethan McCarthy um, doing the artwork. It's did you, was there any personal connection to these guys, or did you just reach out and and ask them to do it for you? You know, it's 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 hilarious because yeah, we just we just reached out and asked, and 
growing up like as a really young kid in the scene it's intimidating as fuck to reach out to these people you know like i'll, I'll admit like i still get really nervous when i when i send emails to like ethan because i'm like i've listened to this dude's records for like <laughs> a long and he's he's such a sweet dude yeah, like i yeah. have no reason to be um but i but i still get nervous um and and yeah so all, all we really did it was like a really gradual process like we started out actually the first person that we reached out to was Kurt because um, we we thought we were going to record with him. I actually didn't know that Andy was an engineer just because I mean I'd always listen to Weekend Nachos, but I was just uneducated and you know I, I didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. So we had uh, we had reached out to Kurt and he was like I can mix it, but like um, since I, I think COVID was going on, um, he was scared about record. Or he he wasn't recording at that time, so we started looking for other options and. Uh, our guitarist figured out that Andy had a studio up in Chicago and we were already planning to drive 24 hours to Salem, Massachusetts. So like <laughs> right. then eight hour drive to Chicago was nothing. And you know, Andy's stuff sounded great. He's engineered on a ton of projects that I love, like uh meth. I love um, that album, the blind hole by dead in the dirt. Oh my God. That's like one of my favorite power violence records ever now. Um, <laughs> and so I, I was just really humbled to be at that studio. And um, I actually remember being at Bricktop because we had no fucking clue who was going to do the art. And uh, I think that's part of why the the record, in my opinion, took so long to get out is just because we were figuring out as we went along. You know, we didn't press it as soon as we got the masters. We certainly didn't master as soon as we got the mix because we didn't know who to go with. Um, so we were with Andy and then and then Kirk got the mix and then we got forwarded on to Brad um, and then. We yeah we I reached out to Ethan on Instagram one day just because I had like I didn't know that he did layouts I knew that he did art for Primitive Man and I was looking at their covers and I was like holy shit I just want our record to look like that like yeah. I think they had just announced Immersion when we were doing that and I thought that was just the sickest art ever so I just yeah I just reached out to him and he was immediately like super warm and then it uh, started going right after that so no that's very cool and and uh, I. You might may or may not know, but I had Ethan on here before, and I gotta, mm. you know, uh, what's it called? Echo those statements. Yeah, very easy, easy guy to work with. Him, extremely friendly, and like you said, the record looks great. I, I haven't, I don't have an LP, so I haven't seen the, you know, the big artwork. But but from what I can mm. tell on a, a computer screen, it looks awesome. Um, the, the, we're you, you guys seem to like you you mentioned you're you're into engineering and you know you you met other guys in rock school or school of rock um mm. so you all seem to have a pretty good idea of what you're doing was embracing uh, DIY ethics a priority at the beginning of Noel um i don't think it was a priority as much as it was a complete fucking necessity like um i knew that in order to get this record as like solid as it is and work with the people that we wanted to um and you know try and get it out there and create like a real professional release like i was just gonna have to work my ass off and we didn't have anything to show record labels you know like i don't i don't think anybody was going to give us an advance um so i (laughs) busted my ass like lifeguarding and teaching some lessons and I was just in a privileged position to be the one who was financing the band and nobody else really had the means. Um, but I, you know, I was living with my mom, I was in high school and I didn't really have anything else to do. Like this band was just my life. So, um, I had to work, um, in order to do the things that we wanted to do. And it took me like a year and a half to save the money to do so. Um, and I was pulling like 70 hour weeks between (laughs) work and school. I mean, it was nuts. I'd like get up at 4am and go lifeguard, then go to school for eight hours. Then, 
come home, like shove a hot dog in my mouth and then go teach swim lessons for like another five and then Get work that out. real and nutrition. Then, yeah. And then go to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it was, it was definitely just like something that we, we had to do. And, and nowadays, like we're, we're still operating on like a very, very DIY level. Um, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not signed or anything. Obviously like, you know, we're, we've had label interest and, um, we're actually working with, um, Becky and Steve from prosthetic, just like out of the goodness of their hearts. And, uh, Becky's working with us just like off a of commission, you know? Yeah. Um, and she's, they're both fantastic and they've given us a, a ton of guidance that I don't think we would have been able to put the record out in the way that we did without them. We actually wanted to put it out on like Halloween last year. Um, oh, wow. and then, yeah, like really, really early, like before the pressing was even finished. And then we were sending the record out. And, and it was already being pressed, so I don't even know why we were sending the record out. Again, we didn't know a thing. Um, <laughs> and, like, we, we sent it out, and we were like, oh, we want to release it, like, this soon. And so no fucking record labels, like, reached back out to us at all except for Prosthetic. And they were extremely, extremely kind and let us know, like, hey, if you want to give this a proper press cycle, like, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to wait till like, next year. And we were, oh, man, we were so, like, kind of defeated. Like, yeah. I sitting on a record is like <laughs> one of the most painful things you know you just really really want to put it out there and i was in complete fucking agony like the entire like announcement process i just wanted to leak the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> i believe it. i remember uh i recorded a demo well two records with my one band and uh i remember the one the one one day we recorded and we released it the same day because you know just because <laughs> like just out of uh impatience just like all right it's it's we're not even mixing this thing. We're just putting it out right now. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's way better. <laughs> but uh, the, the um, shit what was I going to say. Uh, well, I've, I've, I've heard um, very good things about the people at Prosthetic. Uh, and, and, and I'm not surprised is what I'm getting to. Mm. The people that, I mean, I think I had on a few different prosthetic bands over the last few years. And that's a, that's an interesting label that goes all over the map too within extreme music. I had on definitely. Uh, I had on uh, Sermon, who's this uh, prog band from you know prog metal band from England, and then mm-hmm. I had on the Sergio from a- Antichrist Demon Corps. You know, like two two total opposite spectrums of extreme music, both on prosthetic records and both saying uh, nice things about the about that label. And here you are doing the same thing. Um, with you, you clearly have a have a solid work ethic where do you credit that dude uh again i I feel like probably just out of necessity you know i'm like generally a kind of anti-work person like i just kind of grip my teeth and get through it i'm like this is some some bullshit you know um i just i just know that um i only want to really be doing things for the band and you know i look at it from the big picture every day and i'm like if we want to get to the level that we want to get to, you know, we're just going to have to bust our ass. I mean, there's, there's really no other option. Mm-hmm. What's the, realistically, what is a level to get to playing this type of music? Like where, where do you see, how do you, how far do you see you can take this? You know, I, at, at one point, like I, I don't know, but I definitely have ambitions, you know, like yeah. I, Ideally, I mean, I want to be touring like six to eight months out of the year. You know, that's it's really all I want to do. And then I want to come home and engineer. I want to record bands or just like write music. Um, and I, I feel like maybe like I don't know if we're the most accessible band, but I think we veer like 
into genres that are a little bit more popular. Like I feel like if we were just a straight up grind band and didn't incorporate elements of death metal, um, maybe maybe we wouldn't have as much. I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to say like the that if you play grindcore, like you're automatically less successful. But it is like kind of a smaller. Yeah, but pool. it's totally and it's, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's not like when we were writing the record, we were like, oh, you know, we can't write this part because nobody's gonna buy the record. Like, right, no. right. Um, we we wrote what we wanted wanted to, but you know, afterwards, it's easy to to look at it and be like, you know, I I could see this like kind of being a little bit more of the mainstream side of extreme metal, if, if that even exists. You know, sure. I mean, you uh, guys you guys definitely have. Uh, crossover appeal in a in a couple different avenues and like well that's like we talked about like with the with the way the record sounds and the the options and the places you were able to go there's bands that are able to do um like one i mentioned earlier uh pig destroyer is a band that can that can play grindcore and they can do a you know some noise shit they can put out a doom record they can mm. you know that and and they have done all these things they can play hardcore shows they can play punk rock but you know and and i think that's uh an important reason why bands like them and bands who are able to find the, it's kind of funny that their niche is not having one. And I think you can do that with Noel as well. And, and interstice is a good start of that. Yeah. Thank you. I, while you were talking, like it, it came to mind and I'm going to bring them back up full of hell. You know, they, sure. they started off as like, you know, hardcore punk and then, yeah. you know, they evolved into like just a straight up death grind band. Um, and they've always been able to tour with like whatever the fuck kind of band they want. I mean, they played This Is Hardcore and they only played songs off like the Mertzbau collab and like a death metal EP, you know? <laughs> and it's like being able to do that and like kind of crossing in the different genres, whether it be across your entire discography or just within one record, you know, um, it definitely gives you an advantage um, audience wise in like what you can do. Um, and I, I, again, I don't think that was really intentional for us. Like, going about it and writing the record but it's it's definitely like a positive coming out on the flip side and having it out now you know i feel like there's a there's just a lot that we can do and i'm I'm super hopeful and excited nice well what what is i mean obviously things have been locked down for a, literally a year now um but for you in the band in memphis or i guess you're all over the place now you're all over tennessee what mm. what is the because i i I've had a bunch of bands on from, I'll just say Tennessee, from Memphis, from Nashville, from I don't know where else, but but it's kind of been all over the map. It's been like Howling Giant, which of course is like Stoner Rock. Yeah, um, dude, they're awesome. Yeah. I love them too. Too, no no band on earth does better covers than it, than they do. I gotta say that. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, like like reserving dirt naps, um, Ooh, you know, just I love them. Yeah, yeah. So so all over the place. Uh, but what it seems like. Tennessee's kind of got a lot happening now in all different corners of extreme music. What do you what do you think that is? I don't know what's happening here. Well, um, I know the Memphis scene like has, you know, I haven't actually been in like the scene that we occupy, which is more like death metal and hardcore and like grindcore. Yeah. I was again like when I was growing up, I was you know kind of the deathcore kid, um, and that's where I was. But those shows weren't weren't local like it'd be Whitechapel or infinite annihilator coming through town and they'd have a local band but and and now now like recently within the past three or four years you know i've been going to actual local shows um with mm -hmm. local bands and it's definitely like there's a lot of people pouring in um 
I know there were there were a couple bands that formed recently that were like screamo and grindcore, and I'm so fucking stoked about that. Reserving Dirt Naps like is is probably like I think like the biggest Memphis like metal slash hardcore band. Brandon is actually like super fucking instrumental in the scene. I mean, he puts together like 90% of the shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the shows that we played in Memphis are on like under him, you know. Um, and uh, I I can't speak too much on this because it is it is a little bit under wraps but we are doing two seven inches this year on top of interstice that are both releases with other bands in tennessee um and i'm really really fucking stoked about that um one of them is a memphis band that we've looked up to forever um and i'm i'm just so fucking stoked to release that so (laughs) that that might be something that's going on um (laughs) Don't ruin the surprise. Keep it. Keep it. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> no, that's that's very cool. And I, I I think it's it's an area of the country that before I think the only thing I thought of when I thought of Tennessee overall was just like um, clenched fist. That was like the only band mm. that I could think of from the area. But now there's there's just there seems to be a whole lot happening there, and I'm very glad to hear that. And you guys are definitely part of that. Um, well, so so. Th- we mentioned this record. I don't know if we mentioned when it came out. Interstice came out what officially in February? Yeah, February twenty sixth. So, so it's been out for just over a month. What has yeah. been, what has been the overall feedback? How's it gone over? How do you feel about it? You know, uh, well, for one, I mean, not to like toot my own horn, I fucking love the record. I mean, <laughs> if, you, like if you can't bump great. your own band's music, you yeah, know, I totally like, agree. I mean, I, I'm I'm really proud of it and. You know, a lot of the people that we've looked up to, we worked with, and they like the record, and that just gives me like a huge armor to any sort of criticism. You know, um, not that not that all of your like confidence in your own music should lay in like which specific people like it, but it definitely helps. Um, and you know, I I just feel like we put out a good record. We tried as absolutely hard as we could, um, and we put a, a shit ton of effort into it. So there's not really a lot that can knock me down on it. Um, but the feedback. We, we got to, like, number three on Rate Your Music, which was pretty cool. I didn't expect for anything like that to happen. Um, and there were a shit ton of people talking about it on there. Like, I have I have read every single review. <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm out of touch. What is Rate Your Music? Um, I think it's, like, I, I'm honestly not even completely sure. The other members of the band know way fucking more about is that, it. Than is I that, do. like, the Apple ex- exclusive uh, app? I don't, I, I don't think it is. I think it's just some, like, independently owned site. Um, I know it got popularized maybe because Anthony Fantano like uses it a lot or like, you know, browses those forums. Speaking of which, Anthony Fantano retweeted our fucking record, which was the coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> fuck it. So, yeah, there's there's rate your music. And I've I've read like every review on there. And, you know, a lot of them are positive. Some people just say it's boring. Um, that's totally fine. And then there are a lot of people that like say that we rip off like a certain band. A lot of it's been like. They say we rip off either Full of Hell or like Portal, um, which is like it's kind of interesting because I, I do get like being in the kind of same vein and like and using noise. But it's just yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's a pretty different experience. I don't know. Um, so that's that's been a lot of it. And then like the the majority of like actual reviews that we've gotten from sites and stuff have all been like incredibly kind. And I'm, I'm so, so thankful for that. I haven't seen anything negative yet. That's very cool. I'm I'm looking. I just went on to rate your music, and I'm looking at the website and I'm looking at Noel's reviews. Mm. And the first one is in a language I don't recognize it, but it looks like <laughs> it looks like it gives you an eight, so that's good. Awesome. Um, as long as it's out of ten, 
The next one is in symbols. I have no idea. And they, and, <laughs> but they gave you four out of five stars. That's got to be good too. They, yeah, so you, you're killing it in other countries. That's the important part. <laughs> That's uh, thanks to Becky from Prosthetic. Actually, yeah. she's done a lot of work for us internationally, like trying to push that. You know, That's awesome. That's awesome. You guys are getting a, a, a good experience. You're getting good payoff too. For oh my god, for we've this. learned so much just off of this release. It's unbelievable. Well, I mean, this it's been great so far, right? And uh, there's a lot of experience in the record releasing aspect, but obviously you can't do much else. So have you started planning band business in like a post-COVID restricted world yet? Or is it just, is there no no sense of doing that at this point? Oh my, yeah, dude. Um, Honestly, I, I am completely incapable of like not thinking forward. Like I, I, we have like a loose plan, like that spans like three years. Um, You know, we're already thinking of like the third record. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, because we're, we're like pretty deep into writing the second one right now, which like I... I don't know if a lot of people know that, but we we always write. I mean, like before we even recorded Interstice, we started writing th- songs for a second record. So, yeah. um, and uh, so there's that. There's always like the writing and releasing schedule that we're thinking about, and that's that's planned like quite far in the future, like pretty loosely. But touring, um, I don't know. Like the general consensus among like the people that I've talked to that work for labels and stuff is like shows are probably going to happen like summer and fall but probably not tours um which i don't know that i don't know how much sense that makes but i'm definitely not gonna like go be a fucking idiot <laughs> and, and well go, like, go would that tour. would that maybe even be ideal for a band like you guys where you guys are still you know pursuing education um you know actually the consensus among the band is like if we i mean if we get an opportunity for a tour like we're going. Out. <laughs> yeah i mean you can always postpone college like That's we're true. audio engineers yeah. um like i think four of us are in the school for audio engineering and i'm like 100 percent certain that if we were like hey we're in a band that's gonna go tour europe like nobody is going to bat an eye at that you know that's valuable um, that's cool that's yeah, a very cool yeah. position to be in i think you can always come back to college um we're very fortunately or fortunate to be in a, a position where we can do that um yeah, and, and we actually have – the reason that we have three guitarists is because – I mean, like, officially, we are a five-piece band. We'll never play live as a six-piece, but um, one of our guitarists, Drew, came in when um, our other guitarist, Evan, moved off to Nashville, and we were all still in Memphis because we were still playing shows at that time. So we needed somebody to come fill in because we do a bunch of harmonies and stuff, and the show is just, like, not complete without two guitarists. So – Drew came in, and now, now that he's here, like we realize that you know, if somebody, if some guitarist is locked up and cannot go on tour, we can still fucking go. Um, and that's yeah. another thing that's like you know really awesome to have. And you know, he also like contributed riffs and and recorded on the record. So um, yeah, definitely always thinking about touring. I'm actually like about to buy a van to do so, um, even though I know it's not happening like anytime <laughs> soon. But <laughs> yeah, always thinking about touring for sure. Dude, I, I'm I'm pretty impressed. You guys, you you in particular, seem to have this this. You know, you're going into this uh, with a lot of enthusiasm, and but it seems it seems realistic expectations, and uh, and I, I love the way you're you're taking the wheel. You're you're doing this all basically by yourself. I mean, I I understand there's other guys in the band, but you know, you mm. w- if you want something done, you're doing it, and uh, that's admirable. Uh, yeah, I, I never like envisioned myself as like a leader type in the band or whatever. And I, I like sometimes I feel a little bit like a dictator because I, I definitely do like I 
I guess like Lucas and I, we live together and we do kind of like run a lot of the major decisions of the band. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's not all that much, you know, we, we handle emails and like finances and we, you know, ship out all the records and shirts and what have you. Like, um, I never really intended for it to be that way, but like back when we were in Memphis and trying to figure out how to pay for a record that frankly was going to be so expensive with, you know, the people that we wanted to work with, um, everybody else just like, you know, was having to work to pay for like college and stuff. And, um, um, I was just fortunate to like live at home. My mom was paying for my food and I've got a scholarship and, you know, so, so my money is just like whatever the fuck I want to spend it on. So I just, you know, I just, I just worked really hard. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, now I'm just doing what I can to, you know, keep furthering it. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not the only person that is helping with the band. Everybody else, you know, we, we put in a lot of work. Um, I feel like when you're running a band, it's very important to have like everybody designated to a specific role. Like, you know, people have got to do what they are good at. Um, and there's definitely parts where I probably like contribute less than, you know, other members of the band, you know? Since you recorded drums on this record, which we were going to talk about, but I think we ran on for pretty long. Um, does that mean you don't have to help carry drum sets in for gigs? <laughs> I think that should give you a pass. You know, uh, I wish, but... Um, Dude, make him do it all, himself. Yeah, Come on. We're all power lifters. Like, I, I know that's like <laughs> kind of obscure, but like, I don't know. I, I lift weights a lot. It'd be shame for me to not haul drums. Um, <laughs> yeah, we... I definitely haul drums because I love gear anyway. <laughs> um, but I have a big ass noise board that I also have to <laughs> to lug around. So, <laughs> um. yeah. Well, good for you then. You, you see, you're doing it all. You're even carrying the drums, playing the drums, and carrying them. Um, well, well, shit, Jamie. I, I I don't have much else for you. I just want to thank you again for doing this. I want to compliment you again on Interstice and uh, and again the, the work ethic. The the uh, I keep trying to think of the word that I'm. I'm trying to find the, uh, that's not optimism. I don't know. It's just the, the, your energy behind this is. Thank you. Yeah. And, and your, and your attitude. All right. This is, this, I think this is really important. Um, maybe even, especially cause your age, maybe it's because your age that you have this attitude, but people who, uh, uh maybe we'll find, you find this a little different. It depends on who you talk to, but sometimes this, you know, these more extreme genres of music, you don't get the friendliest people. Sometimes you get this, you know, the holier than thou types and, and mm -hmm. to see and to hear you being you know, so open to everything is, is really nice to hear. And, uh, I think it's going to work out for, you, and I have no idea why it wouldn't, especially because not only you got all that going on, but what you got on interstice and what you've done with Noel, um, is good. I mean, flat out it's good. So it, it deserves <laughs> the, uh, it deserves the accolades. Even if it's in digital characters, I can't read on Rate Your Music. It, <laughs> it is warranted. Man, thank you, thank you so much. I mean, I I really appreciate it. I do think it's really really important to kind of keep your head up because um, even though I haven't been through as much flack as like you know a lot of touring bands have, like there's still a lot of bullshit that you go through, and there's there's a lot of disappointments and like you know the realization that it's going to take you years, you know, to to get a dollar out of your band or you know. Um, really like make a mark and, and be able to do things to things that you want to do is you just have to have. And I, I think this is a good word, like optimism, you know, I, yeah, yeah. every time I work with a band, I'm just like trying to be as, as positive as I can and just, you know, focus on the goal and what matters. So, well, you're doing a good job of it. And thank you again for taking the time to have this conversation. Um, hell yeah. It's been awesome. So good, good. And that's, 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 that'll do it for us. Awesome.
Once again, that was Noel with Scattered Prism. I want to thank Jamie for taking the time to have this conversation. I really enjoyed having him, and I look forward to seeing what these guys do next. I think like a day or two after we we did this interview, they announced that they're going to be doing a Roadburn live stream, which is very cool. Roadburn is, of course, huge in extreme music, so good for them. Good for a young band getting out there in front of all those eyes, and uh, they deserve it. I, I got to give them that. I, I appreciate the humble and the humbleness and the optimism and everything about them at this point. Killer music, too. Okay, so um, I want to put in a reminder here that you can go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast and sign up to support the podcast. Doing that will get you Getting It Out radio episodes. It will get you exclusive access to the archives of Getting It Out podcasts. It will get you automatic entry into every Getting It Out podcast contest. And um, it'll just allow you to support something that that you might like a little bit. And that'd be cool enough for me. Um, if you don't feel like doing that, you can go to at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast and keep up with everything we got going on. And eventually getting it out.net will be there for you to peruse and abuse and thumbs down and talk crap about. But it's coming eventually. I've been saying that for well over a year and I say this at the end of every podcast, but it's coming. Um, okay, so I think that's going to be it for this one. Again, please consider uh, entering the Carl Jean raffle. I appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to end this one with a song from a band called Noctambulist. <laughs> and I almost guarantee I just said that wrong. Noctambulist. The this song is from their, their album, The Barren Form. It's also coming out on Willowtip Records, much like Cathexis in the beginning of the episode. This song is called Depletion, and it's long. So if you don't want to listen to an eight-minute death metal song, then uh, tap out now. But if you're into death, black metal, all sorts of things, creepy and uh, fulfilling. <laughs> I don't know what fulfilling has to do with it, but you should check it out. Um, here it is, again, Depletion from Noctambulus off of The Barren Form. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 